Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. This is the LightningInsider.com podcast. Eric Erlinson here. From lightninginsider.com, I encourage you, welcome you, beg you. Check out my website, lightninginsider.com is the address where you get more insight, more feature stories, more everything than what you're going to get here on the podcast, including feature stories and all kinds of stuff. Along those lines as well, this is just quick after-game thoughts that we do here. So, you know, when trades happen, when, um, you know, I write stories about trades, you get some of my thoughts on the trades more so there than you do here on the podcast because, let's face it, got to make some money doing this so I can keep doing this. So I encourage you to check out the site, lightninginsider.com, and, of course, Use the code PODCAST for $10 off your first year of an annual subscription that does auto-renew. So please keep that in mind. When you do sign up, when you go to put your payment uh, information in, simply use the code PODCAST for $10 off. All right, uh, let's get to the trade first. Just some thoughts on that. Uh, Tanner Janot coming from Nashville in a deal that sent six assets to the Predators, including defenseman Cal Foote, along with a 2025 first-round draft pick, a 2024 second-round draft pick, and a third, fourth, and fifth-round pick in the upcoming 2023 draft. In exchange for Janot, who is a restricted free agent, at the end of the season with arbitration rights. I would expect that he doesn't get to arbitration, that they find a way to sign him to an extension of some sort. I know there are reports that he was looking for um, $2 million per year over six years in Nashville. Uh, when they were talking some extension, I know when I asked Julian Brisebois about it on Monday, he said they have not talked about that yet they have not discussed any sort of an extension that they might wait until the end of the season but I fully expect that this deal is not just for Tanner Janot for one year plus maybe one more and then there's gone this is you know a a thought process that they had when they acquired Nick Paul different circumstances a little bit because Paul was a pending UFA uh, but the, the intention was to try and convince him to stay around, and they got him on a, a seven-year deal for $3 million. So you can get Tanner Janot on a six-year deal for $2 million. 
you know, you start to see how things come together with these trades. So these are not assets that you're moving for a rental player, right? A lot of players you see moved at this time of the year are rentals. And in fact, if you look at the history of Julian Brisebois over the last um, number of seasons at the trade deadline, the only player they have acquired that was a true rental was David Savard. Defenseman they picked up from Columbus. Now Nick Paul fell into that category because he was a pending UFA, but everybody else that they have acquired at the deadline had some sort of term on their deal, at least you know that that were impact players, right? When they acquired Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman, they each had one more year remaining on their contract, so it was the remainder of the 1920 season plus, of course, the 2020-2021 season. When they acquired Brandon Hagel, two more years left on his deal, right? This year and next year. And even when that, um, this deal expires, he is a restricted free agent. So there's still some contract control with Brandon Hagel. Um, And now Tanner Janot is sort of in that same realm with one year. uh, Well, this, this year is his last year, but he is a restricted free agent. So there's another year of contract control for Tanner Janot big physical guy fourth in the league in hits he likes to play that style of game he will stand up for his teammates uh, you know is it a it's it's a lot of assets to give up for what a lot of people around the league are just deeming as a bottom six guy but he's more of a top nine guy if that makes any sense right he's not a fourth line guy he, he is more of a third line player plays with energy. He can kill some penalties. He didn't get any penalty kill time. You know, they want to kind of ease him into things here a little bit uh, with the team, especially with the schedule that they're on. Not a lot of practice time. That's going to take place over the next three plus weeks. When we had a chance to speak to him after the morning skates, one thing that struck me was his... uh, He's bigger than I thought. Like, I, I know, you know, you see what they're listed at. at he's listed at 6'2", 205. He, he looks bigger than that. Right? He's just got some some thickness to his upper body in particular uh, in, in kind of looking at that. So that, that kind of struck me in, in getting to uh, speak to him and, and talk to him up close for the first time since the trade. Again, he's a Western Conference player, so you don't see him a ton. You know, I know a couple years ago, Nashville and Tampa Bay were in the same division, but Janot didn't play a ton that year. Last year was his rookie year. He did have 24 goals last year, only five on this season. Um, but we'll see. They'll, they'll kind of work his way in. That, uh, you can anticipate that him playing with Nick Paul and Ross Colton will be a thing maybe going forward. You know, when I asked John Cooper about the thought process in putting those three together, he said he envisions it being a hard line to play against. So you kind of get the idea of what type of a player Janot is and what he can bring and what they envision that he might be able to add to this team. And, And another thing to think about, this is why I think about, you know, an extension being something that is likely coming 
because you know Pat Maroon sort of plays this role on this team right now of the muscle, if you, for lack of a better term, I, I keep coming up with terms that are just bad, but they're they're fitting, you know, because it's not really an enforcer role, it's just, you know, it's like a bodyguard, he's there, he's around, if something goes awry, they step in, right, in, in, that, in that terms, Tanner Janot is more than that, I'm not suggesting that's all he does, but, you know, he is a willing combatant, uh, and Pat Maroon, you know, he's got one more year left on his contract, uh, remains to be seen if, you know, what uh, what's his plans for next year because, as I wrote, and subscribers to my website already know this, there were whispers that he was going to retire. He was contemplating retirement anyway after last season. And then, of course, unexpectedly, we got the two-year extension for Maroon, this is year one, so he's got one more year left on one uh, for one million dollars against the cap. And uh, you just wonder: is does that re-enter his mind at the end of this season? We'll see. Again, that's just speculation and sort of uh, thoughts that have kind of you know been through the grapevine a little bit uh, over the last year or so. Because uh, there were some people that I know who said that he uh, he. They were surprised that he signed the extension because he was talking of potential retirement and uh, ended up signing the deal and sticking around for two more years. So we'll, we'll see what, what his plans are at the end of the season uh, if you know, he does entertain those thoughts once again. Uh, and if that's the case, or even if that's not the case, Tanner Janot just feels like a guy who can step into that role. And... You know, David Poyle, who is the current Nashville general manager, who did announce that he is stepping aside at the end of the season. And he um, he was on the Jeff Merrick show on Tuesday. And one of the comments that he made was that of all the players in his his organization, as soon as he sort of waved the white flag, if you will, because it looks like Nashville is going to have a tough time getting into the postseason as they've traded away, you know, Niederreiter and they traded defenseman Matthias Ekholm away, you know, kind of signaling that, you know, they, they kind of understand what they're up against this year. But he mentioned that of all the players in his organization that he got the most calls on, it was Tanner Janot because Janot plays that type of a game that you want to have on your roster in the playoffs. So that's why there was a premium. There was Look, there was talk that at one point Nashville was asking two first-round draft picks for Janot. So, you know, you listen to Julian when he spoke. You know, he, he kind of had to attack it from a, a quantity over quality situation because obviously... They already don't have a first-round draft pick this year or next year. Right, those were already dealt away. So we had to, you know, extend out to 2025 just to include a first-round draft pick in this for a player who's still relatively young, 25 years old, not quite at the peak of his career at this point. And again, I expect him to be around for more than just the two years. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. A little of an inauspicious debut for Janot. He played about 11 minutes. Didn't see a ton of ice time, probably due to the fact the way that the game uh, played, especially down the stretch. So, you know, the, the ice time gets a little limited. Didn't really stand out, didn't really notice him. You would have thought that maybe he, he would have done something to try and introduce himself to the fans and his new team. Some guys do that, some guys don't. I'm sure that we will see that at some point. As uh, you know, as, as these final number of games here, down the end of the regular season, kind of go on. Uh, the 11 minutes was around the third fewest uh, minutes of ice time in the game. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how uh, you know how he starts to acclimate himself a little bit more, uh, because the game got away once again. A a spurt cost the Lightning. You know, they started this game okay. Four and a half minutes into the game, the shot attempts were 11-3 to in favor of Tampa Bay. They were spending time in the offensive zone. They were spending extended time in the offensive zone. And it looked like they were going to put Sunday's game in Pittsburgh where the game got away from them in a span of four minutes and 55 seconds as the Penguins scored five times. And in this one, again, started off fine. And then the Panthers score a goal that Andre Vasilevsky had zero chance. It was a high slot deflection from Eric Stahl that went right up and over his shoulder. No chance on that goal. But then the Lightning sagged. And I, and I don't know why they sagged. You know, one of the things I had been asking... Uh, around the locker room uh, last week was that these stretch of games against Buffalo, who they're going to see twice in the stretch, Pittsburgh, who they're going to see st- twice in the stretch. You've got Florida. You know, these teams that are battling and, and in the thick of the, of the wild card chase, Detroit was the other one how they wanted these type of games right now because they want to kind of get their game in order and and the opposites happened and to me like it's just and I've mentioned this a couple times and a lot of you think I'm just BSing you trying to give them an out and I'm not trying to give them an out I'm just trying to lay out the reality of situations it's the time of year where staleness comes into their game, and when you're stale, your mind's not thinking the way it's supposed to. Right? The players talk, the coaches talk a lot about right now at this time of the year. They, they want two things to kind of be going in their favor. 
They want to be... And the Lightning used the term predictable, which I, I don't necessarily like, but Derek Lalonde used it a lot. John Cooper uses a lot of your Pat Maroon talk about it a lot. But being predictable in how they play, which I, I can see where, you know, that way they're predictable so they know how they're going to play. But so does the opposition. So that kind of negates itself out. But that you hear that a lot. And, and then you just want to have good habits. Right? You want to create good habits to the point where situations become instinctual and you're not thinking. You hear that a lot. Don't want to think on the ice. And and right now they're they're just thinking. Like if you watch Victor Hedman and see the hesitation in his game, and he has not had a good year. And and you're really seeing it in him where He's trying to think about what his next play is going to be instead of knowing it. Mikhail Sergachev does this a lot too. Right? And they tend to kind of fall into these situations. And again, they're they're in their dog days, and these teams that they're facing are in their playoff days. Right? The Panthers are so desperate for points right now. Because the the teams that were behind them, I mean the Panthers hadn't played since Friday. And all the teams behind them were winning games and caught them and pushed them back down the standings. So, you know, they... they And look, the Panthers did not have a great start. Like I said, the, the shot attempts were 11-3, four and a half minutes into the game. Tampa Bay was not able to capitalize on that zone time and those opportunities. And then Florida scored and they sagged and... You know, the Panthers scored three times. Actually scored four times. One of them was called off the board on a goaltender interference challenge late in the in the first period, which would have made a 4 nothing. Of course, this came after the Lightning had a goal taken off the board because Nick Perbix had scored a goal, was called back for an offside. Again, correct calls on both. The second period wasn't much better. Didn't have the puck a lot. Not execute, and I think John Cooper after the game used uh, or basically said their execution sucks right now. He actually used the word sucks. You know, they can't seem to complete three passes together. Bang, 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 right? It's just it's into skates. It's not on sticks. It's it, it almost has the feel of a team starting the season when they haven't played a ton in the preseason. Right? It, just, it just has that feel. And to me, it just comes down to the mental side of things. And when your mind's not sharp, this is what you get. And it's not uncommon. It's not. In fact, I'm going to have a stat in, in, on my site that will prove that this is not anything new. We see this every year. Maybe it's a little bit earlier than normal, but it's it's around this time. And then you add in the fact that teams that they're playing right now, and they're the team that's been to three straight Stanley Cup finals, they always have a bullseye on their back. And it's even more so at a time like this where, look, they're locked in to what they're going to be in the playoffs. They're locked in. I don't like this playoff format. At all. Because of this. 
And look, part of it is because the Bruins got off to such a great start and they've just continued on and they're not going to be caught and they've run away with the division. So you've known who number two and number three in the division is going to be since December. It's not dissimilar to last year. Now, last year we knew who the eight teams in the East were going to be by December. This year, obviously, there's a ton of teams competing for two wildcard spots. It's going to be a heck of a race two spots for six, maybe even seven teams. So that's going to be fun to watch. But meanwhile, the Lightning, a team that has won a couple of cups and been to three straight Stanley Cup finals, is just kind of, yeah, we got to play. Yep, yeah, we, 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 know, we know we should be playing this way, but they're, they're not. And that's, that's, what it, that's what I think accounts for the lack of execution is just their their mental sharpness is not there. And invariably, I'm going to get asked these questions. Well, they can't just turn on a switch. Well, they kind of can. And that all ties into the stat and the numbers that I have up on the website by the time you listen to this. So not unprecedented. And some of the years where they've had slides like this, they've went on to win titles because hashtag March hockey is not April hockey. And it it sucks, right? You're used to a certain standard from this team and you're not seeing it right now. Too many wide open chances, too much time and space being allowed to teams inside the blue line, the points, right? You collapse down low and they're not getting out. And when, you know, if you don't win the puck, then it goes back to the points. You have nobody to cover the points. It gives time and space and teams make plays. There are too many good players. Every team has good players on them. You give them time and space, there's a good chance that they're going to burn you, even when you have the best goaltender in the world. So they're not, they're not at the top of, of who they are or what they're going to be. And certainly not what you want to see from them. And there's still time. Look, this this is a busy schedule. They're not going to have time to even catch their breath. There's not going to be a lot of practice time. I know John Cooper referenced after the game about getting on the ice. And they will practice on Wednesday. But, you know, that's going to be one of the few times they practice this month. They get back-to-back games coming up again this weekend. They'll be off when they come back. They'll play on Tuesday. They'll probably practice on a Wednesday. Play a game on a Thursday. Probably take another day off. Play back-to-back games at home. Take a Monday off because they played back-to-back in three and four. Like, it's it's just that pattern right now. And sometimes the way you have to try and correct it is through practice. And there's just not going to be a lot of that time. Again, something I wrote. Subscribe to the website. Check it out. Get the players' thoughts on this. Get the head coach's thoughts on this because I have it all on the website about all these situations. And the end result right now is they defensively, they got lucky to get a point against Buffalo last week. Analytically, they dominated the game, but defensively they did not. Uh, We're extremely lucky in Detroit 
if not for a superhuman effort from Andre Vasilevsky to win that game, completely imploded in a five-minute span at the end of the second period against the Penguins. And then tonight had a complete sag and a lapse for the final 15 minutes of the third, or of the first, rather. Didn't really do much at all in the second. And then by the time you get to the third, I don't care that you had 20 shots on goal. By that time, it's, you know, you're you're in desperation mode, and, you know, you're, you're probably, it's hard to chase. It's hard to chase in that situation, and they just couldn't do it. So that's that's what you end up with. So, again, we'll, we'll see how they look on Thursday against Pittsburgh. Still a few days before the trade deadline. We'll see what happens in that aspect uh, as well. So uh, that's me now signing off. Don't forget pregame skate show with me and the Chief. 6 o'clock on Thursday, live from Cigar City Brewing Tap Room. Outside of Amelie Arena, you can listen to it on the Strike 102.5 HD Channel 2 as well as on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning app. And I think, I think I promise there won't be as many Star Wars references this time around. I think. I think I might let Chief off the hook. But I'll still have Star Wars songs. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.